0: Want to know why Garrett Wilson of the Jets is another great start here in week nine? And are we going to get rebounds from Chris Olave and Zay Flowers and other key wide receivers? We break it down for you as we look at our wide receiver and tight end rankings. Only on Locked On Fantasy Football.
1: You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast, where your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day as well. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL betting and fantasy for SportingNews.com.
1: Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com.
0: All right. It's my favorite time of the week, and we like to look at wide receivers and tight ends, break down the matchups for you. So we have some similar rankings early, and we're going to get into a little bit of a diversity there across the board and also look at how we think this tight end stack up. A lot of teams on by, a lot of key tight ends and wide receivers not available with the Broncos, Lions, Jaguars, 49ers all out. So yeah, so you might extend and play players that you normally wouldn't. We'll get into those players in a moment. It is Crossover Thursday all across the network. It's brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PricePicks.com slash LockNFL and use the code, all lowercase nFL for first deposit match up to $100. All right, Michelle, let's dive right in. And uh, yeah, we do have, strangely, I don't know if this has ever happened before, the same top five at wide receiver, but then we're on a different path.
1: Yeah, it's not even that we have the same top five guys. It's they're the exact same order. It goes Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, and Stephon Diggs, all in amazing high, in what should be high-scoring matchups this week. Uh, So they should all score a ton of points in their games. After that, though, you have a very surprising wide receiver sitting there at number six. You have Chris Olave. Wide receiver six, I'm not as bold as you are. I'm at wide receiver 20. He gets the Bears this week. Why are you so high on him?
0: Well, I think I need to will this to happen. I have him on my team, and he's okay. But he has had basically one big week, and that was way back in week one where I really liked him. Otherwise, it's been dependent on connecting with Derek Carr. But I think this is the week – that it happens. The secondary for the Bears, they have one really good corner in Jalen Johnson. We'll see how it plays out between the matchups here. I think they'll use Chris Olave a little bit more inside here this week, try to scheme him open. And look, there's no pass rush from Chicago. We saw guys flying down the field pretty easily. Quentin Johnston even uh, did some stuff here for the chargers against the Chicago secondary. So this is as good a sc- spot as any to get going. I, he's a guy that I would look to trade for as soon as I could because this is a very favorable schedule coming up for the Saints with a lot of exploitable pass defenses here. So, and I expect this connection to get going at some point. This seems like the best opportunity to do so. So, look, I'm being a little aggressive with Chris Olave. I need it. I'm willing it to try to happen here at number six. So, he should be treated as the number one receiver. I don't want to see Michael Thomas and Rashid Shaheed get this treatment. He should be barking and saying, look, I need 14 targets. I need to catch 10 of these, and let's go here. So that's why I'm going a lot of it based on this matchup, and hopefully the Bears uh, oblige here.
1: Yeah, so he is getting a lot of targets, that's for sure. I don't know what's going on with Derek Carr and Chris Olave, their connection is just so off. I mean, even the last week, the ball hit Chris Olave in that the, right in the face, right in the face, and it could have been a nice long uh catch and possibly a touchdown after that as well. PFF is projecting Olave to face Jalen Johnson, the Bears best defensive player in top corner the most snaps out of all the saints wide receivers this week so the saints will have to get creative move a lot around we'll see if they're willing to do that i have a wide receiver 20 you're still plugging him in in my mind like i'm still happy to play him not as bold as you are a guy i am bolder on than you are is michael Pittman jr wide receiver for the colts this week it's the face of the panthers you know they have a, a lot of injuries in their secondary this season And you know who loves Michael Pittman more than I do? Gardner Minshew. Oh, man. He just, he looks for, Gardner Minshew looks for Michael Pittman in every single play. PFF says that Pittman will get C.J. Henderson for most of the time in this game. C.J. Henderson has a 42 PFF coverage grade this year, the fifth worst among cornerbacks. So it's a really juicy matchup. He's getting a ton of targets. I, I, I love him this week. I am at wide receiver nine. You have him at wide receiver 19.
0: Yeah. I mean, part of the reason I have a little bit down here is I think this is going to be a low volume game and uh, we can't get too excited about uh, what we saw there with the Panthers. I mean, they completely somehow shut down the Texans receivers, So that was something weird to watch. And I don't know if this is going to be a, a necessarily like shootout. I think there could be a lot of running in this game and maybe get some production there. I don't know if you'll get Pittman necessarily having to have a big, big volume game. I think Yes, he has a very good chance to score in this game, but I also like Josh Downs quite a bit as a wide receiver too. So that's what I'm looking at. It's kind of equal between these two guys to me. I don't know if there's too much separation in terms of their production. I really don't have a Downs too far down from him. I'm at 28, you have him at 27. So I think the way they're both being used, it's great. They're both recommended fantasy plays this week. Just a little bit down from you. But yeah, I think he's going to be definitely productive this week. I just think... If he's going to get to your wide receiver nine, I think it comes down to his touchdown.
1: So those are a couple guys we disagree on slightly, but one guy we are on the same exact wavelength about this week. It's Garrett Wilson, Jets wide receiver. We both have him as a top 10 wide receiver fantasy play this week. I am at wide receiver 10. You have him at wide receiver eight. He gets to face the chargers who have been allowing the third most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. And Garrett Wilson has had at least 12 targets in three of the last four (laughs) games. So Zach Wilson has figured out I need to heavily target Garrett Wilson because that's my only chance at success, and it really is, and it's been working out the last couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I do like what Zach Wilson is doing because he's making it easy for us, right? We don't need to extend too far. I mean, Alan Lazard got a few key looks, and he was key to the win last week, but in reality, he's a better player. They didn't really throw to Tyler Conklin and connect with him. He had targets, but C.J. Ozama was the tight end who had the catches. That was just pretty much... Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall going back and forth. Wilson's target share is creeping near 40%, which is insane. So that is good, actually. I don't know if it would be that high, actually, with Aaron Rodgers, because I think Rodgers would be a little bit more confident to spread the ball around. And I think the happiest moment for me was I wasn't sure Garrett Wilson was going to come through in my 100-yard prediction. And then we had some bonus Football there in overtime against the Giants. So then, yes, he hit that hundred mark here on the dot. Yeah, right on the dot. So like it was uh, interesting prediction that just came true here. The Chargers look they weren't really tested last week. I think Zach Wilson will have more success than people would like to admit in this particular game, just because the Chargers are not that good on the back end and. If he's going to keep targeting his best players, Wilson and Brees Hall, they're going to help him score some points here this week. I'm not saying you look at Zach Wilson unless you're at a deep super flex, but Garrett Wilson is attached to him, and that's a good thing at this point because if he's targeting him a lot and he's going to just throw to him no matter what, that's great news for his production against the secondary for the Chargers, which is very weak here all season long.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Love Garrett Wilson this week. Two guys, though, on the same team we don't know what the quarterback situation is like they've been hot this year but completely disappeared last week cooper cup and puka nakua with matthew Stafford dealing with the hurt thumb we don't know if it's gonna be him playing with that hurt thumb or brett Ripon. that's not any better (laughs) either i mean they're both really bad options and they have to face the panther the packers not the best of matchups for wide receivers I, I really don't know what advice to give a cup in Nakua. besides like in the leagues, I have them, I'm still plugging them in and I'm just hoping they pleasantly surprise me.
0: Yeah. The one thing that is notable here with the Packers is they did trade away Russell Douglas, who was playing pretty well here on the outside. I think if you're going to say, who's going to get Jair Alexander, who actually is not playing really well, it's Puka Nakua. And we'll see, I mean, you might get. Cooper Cup in a really good matchup. The problem with Cooper Cup is he's had some decent matchups the last couple weeks. He's just disappeared. I don't know if he looks completely right and healthy. He had that big game when he immediately came back, but then it's been underwhelming. I mean, to see Cooper Cup having two bad games like that, they were just bad. They were not really interesting at all because again they were trailing last week and he couldn't even get the garbage points right in the middle of the field so i know they had the quarterback change the injury to stafford i think stafford might gut it out and play which is going to help the value of both these guys i think however just looking at the eye test and the way the players are playing i think nakua has a way better chance to rebound than cooper cup in this one
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty equal, but Nakua does seem like the more confident and stronger fantasy asset right now. Again, we we both have them ranked in the teens, right? Normally they're both ranked in top 10. This week we're a little bit nervous about them, but you're still plugging them in into your wide receiver spots. And it might not be as delicious as you're hoping for what they normally put up, but it it should still be all right. Just not as high as you typically are hoping for. Um, But that's like the top guys this week. And then we still have a lot more of that second tier wide receivers to get to in our second segment.
0: Yeah. If cup struggles for a third straight week, then I'm going to start being concerned. So let's hold out hope that he uh, acts like he's uh, the player from a couple of years ago. So let's uh, hope for that for sure from him. Now we will get into those uh, wide receivers after a word from one of our sponsors. This episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by DoorDash, and look, uh, we're working hard on Sundays. Uh, We got football wall-to-wall here. We don't have time to get out there and do things, especially when it's colder outside and potentially raining. We just want to watch football. Well, DoorDash is going to come to the rescue here and uh, deliver our local favorites, whatever we want. Pizza and wings always sound great on game day, and it's really fantastic that you have a reliable service for you to uh, come through in the clutch and uh, allow you to just stay in front of the tv just run out uh, pick it up and they're, you're good to go here so really this is a way to uh, get you through your sunday in the right way and you can order all those uh, local favorites you can kick back and kick off there. unbeatable deals that are always available there at doordash And you can also get food from groceries. So if you're looking to get some snacks and stock up on that, uh, that's another way to go on game day. And it's great. Uh, Stock up and uh, do it without leaving your own house. And uh, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23, that's LOCK23, all caps, check it out. That's 50% off $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your First order when you download the DoorDish app and enter the promo code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms do apply. All right, time to continue looking at our wide receiver rankings and matchups here for week nine. Let's uh, start uh, here with Thursday night, DeAndre Hopkins. It's a pretty good matchup. They were moving around their corners again in Pittsburgh. Looks like Patrick Peterson could be on the outside in the Hopkins matchup. First, we know he went off on only four catches here last week, three touchdowns, stretched the field, pushed to 130 receiving yards here. So when you look at it, it looks good for Hopkins to stay hot. I don't know if he's going to go off again. I'm going to guarantee that he's not going to do the same thing this week against the Steelers pass rush. But I think he's going to get the volume, the targets, and have a shot at another 100-yard game here
1: yeah i mean 128 yards last week 140 just a couple weeks ago so he's been putting up some pretty big numbers uh yeah last week was the first week he scored and had three touchdowns that's not gonna happen again like you just said but I do really like him in this matchup the Steelers are giving up a ton of yards not a lot of points but a ton of yards so six most fantasy points per game to wide receivers because of all those receiving yards they're giving up their secondary is not very good Hopkins is dealing with a bit of a toe injury but he says he's good to go so you you plug him in and I think he will be Will Loves' top target again uh, two guys I am des- deciding between this week. So I put a question in here cause I want you to decide for me, Vinny, oh, DK Metcalf against the Ravens or T Higgins against the bills this week. I am leaning towards one. I want to see if you agree with me.
0: Yeah, this is really hard for me because I look at these matchups on paper and they don't look. All that inviting, right? If you look at them either way, but I think I have to go with DK. Here's why I just think this is a game where the Seahawks could actually trail a little bit and they'll be throwing. And I do see maybe a uh, T. Higgins, maybe getting that Douglas matchup, we'll see if they get him out there, but this could be just feed Jamar Chase a lot, right? With the Notre Davis white there. And uh, look, he's involved, but keep in mind, there's some other guys cutting into it. I know Jackson Smith and Jigba is kind of throwing things off a little bit, right? With DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Lockett has still been able to produce Metcalf, maybe not as much because JSN is uh, scoring a little bit in that range where Metcalf would. So it's really hard. I think if I'm going to go for the ceiling, I'm going to Metcalf always. I, I think it's a particular matchup we're in. I, I could see the Seahawks throwing about 30, to 35 times, where I think the Bengals actually, the way they kind of dominate the Bills, I don't know if they're going to throw as much. And we do like Joe Mixon. We like Jamar Chase. So I think if I'm going for a few bigger numbers, I go with DK Metcalf. I think with Higgins, he might be a little touchdown dependent, especially as they're involving more receivers with Cincinnati.
1: So I was going the opposite way. So now you made things hard for me. I had to rethink this. DK did have 14 targets last week. Like yeah. only turned into five receptions, 67 yards. I think DK is a little banged up. Same thing with Higgins, right? But Higgins yeah. comes back. He actually catches the ball thrown his way. Has five receptions, 69 yards. My thing is he only played on 67% of snaps last week. Cause you think he's still recovering from the rib injury. If that goes back up to his normal 85, 90% of snaps, I do think he has a really good game. So I really do want to play T Higgins this week. I think I'm going to throw him in, but DK looking at his target share, he should have a much better week. It was a tough matchup against the Browns last week. Not the easiest though against the Ravens. They are allowing some yards to wide receivers, but they're the best defense in the league in terms of points per game allowed, just like in the NFL. So Pretty tough matchup for both of these guys, but the Bills, eh, a little bit weaker with all the injuries. I'm fine playing both of them. I have T Higgins ranked a little bit higher. We'll be interested to see those two this week. One that's extre- uh, one wide receiver that I found extremely hard to rank this week is Jordan Addison against the Falcons. But instead of having Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, he will be playing with fifth round rookie quarterback Jaron Hall. Jordan Addison has done really good since uh Justin Jefferson's been out. But what it, what can we expect here with Jaron Hall at quarterback?
0: I think he's a borderline wide receiver two or three. And keep in mind that this is also a compressed passing game. I think you can dump KJ Osborne out of this mix, like in terms of the volume. But TJ Hawkinson, he's a tight end, he's a security blanket for your rookie. You got two rookies as well. I mean, Jaron Hall and Jordan Addison have probably worked together quite a bit here. So I think he's going to have to target these two guys, right? And what I like about Jordan Addison is he can move him inside and play him there. I think Osborne might draw the A.J. Terrell matchup, and He's he can't fight through that the way DeAndre Hopkins can. So I think you're going to see a lot working in the middle of the field, some safe passes, throwing. I don't know if they're going to adjust too much to say, hey, uh, we're a pass-happy team, but we want to protect Aaron Hall and we're going to get conservative. I don't know if they're going to do that, right? I mean, they have to play their offense a little bit here. So I I do like Addison quite a bit, only because he can avoid that matchup, I think, inside all over the field. So I I think they're not going to have him there. I mean, we know that he has that slot potential, and I think that's a smart way to play him. So I don't really think he has a high ceiling. He has a decent floor this week, but I do think the top target – However, for Hall, will be Hawkinson.
1: It is interesting because Jaron Hall played with Puka Nakua at BYU. Uh, They both went in the fifth round. Jaron Hall went about 11 picks earlier than Puka. And the thing is, Puka went so late because he wasn't putting up big numbers with Jaron Hall. I I didn't watch BYU football. I don't know what the system was like. I don't know if that was Jaron Hall's fault or whatnot. Maybe they just weren't passing a ton. But I am worried about Jordan Addison this week. I am still plugging him in because he's been so good. I have him ranked in the middle of the 20s for wide receivers. Typically, if Kirk Cousins was still here, I'd have him as a top 15 guy. So I have him dropped a little bit. But he's still a solid wide receiver two slash flex play this week for me. You are much higher on Zay Flowers against the Seahawks than I am. You have him at wide receiver 18. I have him all the way down at wide receiver 31. The reason why I'm lower on him, like he's clearly the top target, the top wide receiver target for the Ravens for sure. But that's just not turning into very many yards. It's not turning into very many fantasy points, at least consistent consistently. And the Seahawks defense has been really, really good over the last handful of weeks. Actually, since like weeks four through eight, they are allowing the fewest points per game in the NFL and the fifth fewest fantasy points for game to the wide receiver position like they got healthy since the beginning of the year and they're really starting to shut down teams that's what worries me a bit here with Zay Flowers I know he's getting the targets but again like 19 yards 50 yards 56 yards it's just like it's not turning into a lot and he has one touchdown all year long
0: yeah I think I'm just going with the fact that I think the Seahawks secondary is still pretty vulnerable here and again maybe we're not. Uh, kind of really focusing on this game as much as we should, because it's a marquee game that's kind of flying under the radar with all those other games, right? And maybe there's going to be some excitement here. So I do, I do look at Zay Flowers. I think he'll get the better matchup on the outside, and Odell Beckham Jr. is clearly frustrated, and he's not being used at all there the way you would like, and Snellson and Nelson Aguilar. And then the Seahawks have actually gotten better at tight end. They were kind of weak Against that position, they got a little bit better. I think uh, David Njoku did some things well, but when you look at it, they could uh, contain Mark Anders right? and put the, it on Zay Flowers a little bit more. But yeah, I think he's more of a PPR-based play. It's really hard to expect a touchdown from him. It's really hard. And then uh, the big play, he has to get at least one big play to pay off at, at my level here this week.
1: So a guy that I would rather play over Zay Flowers or Jacoby Myers, which we'll hit on here in a second, it's Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs. I think he's a fantastic flex player wide receiver to play against the Dolphins this week. 50 plus receiving yards in each of the last three weeks played a career high 60% of snaps last week. And you you just expect a ton of points in this matchup, right? Highest over under on DraftKings. They have them at 50 and a half uh, point total for this game. So they're expecting a ton of points. And we know after Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, the next guy, I think he's like really right there on the edge of a huge breakout. So when I'm looking at a guy like Rasheed Rice or Zay Flower or Jacoby Myers, who has to know, play with Aiden O'Connell. And we know the one start he had, all the targets went to Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs. He only had four targets. Last week, Jacoby Myers did absolutely nothing. So would you rather go with Rice or Myers or I'm, Flowers? You have ranked super high, so I'm guessing him. But let's sit let's on Myers and Rice here.
0: Well, I think actually, I I'm not sure the volume that Rice is going to get. That's why I can't put him too high. I really love the matchup this week in the slot. Kadarius Kohu has struggled in a lot of games this week season, so there's a potential there to make things happen. We did see Juju Smith-Schuster in one snap. I mean, similar positions they play and uh, kind of the big slot type, and they did have him score on the one opportunity he had, and uh, essentially that's what's happening, right? Rasheed Rice is replacing Julius Smith-Schuster as a big slot, so and he was the most productive receiver in Kansas City. But the question is, how much volume, right? Are they just going to go nuts and spread it around (laughs) everybody? Which could happen, right? It could be a big Travis Kelsey game. The Dolphins cannot cover the tight end, so is it just everyone else trickling down from there? I think what I like Zay Flowers a little bit more is he's clearly the number one target. I like Jacoby Myers also because – Again, you sit, did see Aiden O'Connell just to play the hits and target the guys that he wants to see most on the field. So sometimes that rookie quarterback spark helps, right? I mean, it's not like Jacoby Myers did anything with Jimmy Garoppolo in Detroit. So this can only go up for him. But yeah, I just think those guys are a little bit more consistently involved when those offenses are going than Rishi Rice. And that's the only reason. I do love the matchup, however, this week. And he's definitely playable as a wide receiver three.
1: Yeah, I'm just waiting for that big breakout game. I really do think it's coming for Rashid Rice. Yeah. We'll see. The The game after for the Chiefs is the Eagles. So in one of these two games, and these high-scoring games, he should have his breakout. I'm just waiting for it. We're going to get into the tight ends in our last segment here. Um, a, a lot of good tight ends on bye. So the tight end, uh, they it gets really weak here pretty quickly. So we'll jump into those after we hear a word from our sponsor. Do you love playing daily fantasy? You should try out prize picks. Prize picks is a skill-based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. And if they go more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry at prize picks. You aren't competing against other people. It's just you first, the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. Prize picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. They can even pick in-game projections after a game has started, which includes halves, quarters, periods, and more. If you want to hop in in the fun, uh, my favorite pick for the Thursday night football game is Derrick Henry, Titans running back to have more than 71 Uh, 71.5 rushing yards against the Steelers. Super weak rush defense. He's going to run all over them. He could have 72 rushing yards by halftime tonight. So if you want to place that pick for tonight or... Uh, Another pick for a game this weekend, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. Hopping into these tight end rankings. I, I said before we finished our last segment, I mean, you have Sam Laporta on by George Kittle. I'm by Evan Ingham I'm by, so there's not a lot of great options left. Obviously Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson sitting right at, or at the top. We both love Dalton Kincaid this week. He's been fantastic. And I, I think you just keep plugging him in and I, I expect greatness from him this week against the Bengals, who are allowing the most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Uh, Kincaid's been fantastic with Dawson Knox out of on IR.
0: Yeah, I mean these are the things you can't predict, right? It, it, same thing happened with uh, Jameer Gibbs, right? His breakout happened because David Montgomery got hurt. But you kind of maybe have to build that in a little bit, right? The veteran could get hurt, and in this situation, we needed Dawson Knox to get hurt to unlock Dalton Kincaid. It forced the Bills to do it. They also were struggling a bit offensively, so they kind of got Kincaid and Khalil Shakir involved behind uh, Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. Now, Kincaid, you look at this matchup, the Bengals have just not been good against the tight end all season long. Big reason why Jesse Bates, Von Bell, their two safeties from last year have been gone. They didn't do anything to really replace those guys. They're in coverage, so that's why. And I think that part of the field is going to be open. Their corners are also very good. That funnels things there here as well for the tight end. So Don Kincaid's in a good spot to be productive. He also could be a reality game changer for them, right? He's a different type of uh, matchup beater that could help them in this uh, matchup that hasn't been good for them against uh, Joe Burrow. So I really like his uh, value this week. Another guy that, uh, yeah, just keep rolling with it. Just don't, just don't fight it anymore. Taysom Hill. I mean, <laughs> stop fighting it. I mean, he is just going to keep Getting involved here. I have him at number four just because look, he's just explosive here. And I I actually have Dolan Cade right behind him. You have Kincaid at five, Tasemill at six. So we're both expecting him to just produce here. Look, he doesn't even have to catch passes anymore. I think if he gets in the end zone, you're good, right? And he can easily be the goal line back. And this Bears matchup is awesome. They're gonna score a lot of points here in the Superdome against them. So yeah, so I love it this week. Uh Hill, just stop. I mean, uh, my only lament about Taysom Hills, you got to play him at tight end or flex at this point. You can't play him anywhere else. I wish we could play him at quarterback. Quarterback has been so terrible. I wish we could play him a wide receiver or running back anywhere else. Like, we would love to have that positional value. Yeah, but you got to play him at tight end. So if you don't have better options, you got to play him because it's like getting a running back in there in your lineup.
1: Yeah. He's been fantastic. His, he's finished as a tight end, nine tight end five tight end two in half PPR leagues over the last three weeks. Like, and that you just, it's a great option, right? I still have Don Kincaid. I have Dawson. Um, no, oh my goodness. Um, why can i not think of this man's name dallas goddard oh my goodness that just went away for me dallas goddard and dalton kincaid i still ha- have ahead of Taysom hill but i am at tight end six it, after those top tier tight ends options he is the next best option you can go for after Taysom Hill like I said these tight ends die off pretty quickly in these rankings but we both have Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson at number seven so we're saying he's the next best option besides the ones that we really feel confident will give you points The Eagles are allowing the third highest completion percentage and fourth most touchdowns per game to the tight end position this year. And surprisingly, Ferguson is leading the Cowboys in red zone targets and receptions this season. I wouldn't have guessed that. So I think he does have a great chance of finding the end zone this week. And that's why I have him at at number seven.
0: Yeah, that's, you have to do that. I mean, the way he played last week is great. It's another good matchup. They're starting to pass more. When you look at the targets, pretty much you have C.D. Lamb, a little bit of Brandon Cooks, a little bit of the running backs, but you're not really getting Michael Gallup all that involved. So they got to go to Jake Ferguson next, and we know the tight end is always a part of what uh, Dak Prescott likes to use over the field, especially in the red zone. So Jake Ferguson, yeah, I think he'll come through again. Now, one guy, he hasn't been great all year, and uh, – I first, Michelle, I'm going to say it's really easy to mix up all these names because there's a lot of Daltons and Davids and Dawson's and Dallas and all these names. And this is another guy, David Joku, that we might have forgotten about. We haven't really talked about him, but he's there. <laughs> he's actually producing at top 12. That's how bad tight end has been. I think it's yeah. more a reflection of that. It's almost like last year, right? You were like, really? This guy's a starball tight end? Well, look, the Cardinals have actually shored up against the tight end this season. But again, we know that they allowed Mark Andrews to go off last week. So David Njoku is uh, actually been helped by the P.J. Walker quarterback situation because, again, yeah. they also got rid of Donovan Peoples-Jones. I know he's not a big factor, but still one receiver down they've been replaced here with Elijah Moore and Mark Cooper. So he's going to be okay. I mean, really would like a touchdown out of him. That's good if he can do that for you. But, look, he can get, like, four catches for 50, something like that. I think this uh, game definitely calls for that.
1: Yeah, we have him at tight nine, which is saying he's probably not going to be too amazing, but he, I will like him better. Like I, I might move him down if it ends up being Deshaun Watson starting. He has been getting more targets with P.J. Walker, nine targets, eight targets the last two games. He has been a go-to guy for P.J. Walker, so I I'd like that better if Walker has to start. Watson did practice yesterday. We'll see if he actually yeah. gets to start, but <laughs> I, yeah. I will move him down if it is Watson We had to talk about Trey McBride because he had a career game uh, last week. I mean, it was a huge monster game for him. 14 targets. Love that. But he has to go into Cleveland, play the Browns. I don't love that. So if you're deciding between Trey McBride, who had a huge game, or Logan Thomas, who's been relatively consistent for the tight end position, he has to face the Patriots. Which one would you rather go with?
0: I think I would uh, go with Trey McBride. and and Part of it is I think the Patriots are going to know what do they do, try to take away what the opponent does best, right? They're going to make sure with Kyle Duggar and all their guys that they're going to stay in the middle of the field because they know Sam Howell likes to go there. Like Control the middle, pass rush Sam Howell, and you can uh, beat him a little bit. So I think you'll see a little bit more work to the outside here that maybe Sam Howell's not comfortable with as much. I'm not uh, getting too nerdy here and putting him too far down. I still have him at 11 because tight end is that bad, and he has a very good chance he can score. So if you're looking for like three for 25 and a score, maybe you get that from Logan Thomas. But if you're looking for like six for 60 or something like that, that could actually come from Trey McBride in this game. And I think, look, the Browns' corners are also very good. So I don't think you'll see much from Hollywood Brown or – Michael Wilson or any of these corners, they're just going to let the middle of the field be open. So it's kind of uh, the opposite of that here with what the Patriots might be doing defensively. So I do like Trey McBride if I'm going for like yardage PPR that type, but if Are I you
1: were- the, like so if you're going for yardage, I just want to give you a stat here real quick. The Browns yeah. have allowed a total of 100 100- and 33 receiving yards to the tight end position this year. Every single tight end they have faced, they've allowed a combined total of 133 receiving yards this year to tight ends. That's absurd. I mean, it's by far, far, far the fewest in the NFL. Maybe they just haven't faced great competition, but, oh, my goodness, that that's pretty – that's just crazy to me. That's so low. I just so, think that's
0: going to be the only source of the passing game this week for yeah. Clayton Turing. They're not going to care. Like, if the Browns have a big lead, right, what are they going to do? They're going to leave the middle of the field open. That's kind of what – Happened right last week because Balt. Remember, Baltimore was very good against the tight end, and they were like, "Okay, if you just want to throw short passes at Trey McBride all day while they're trailing, go for it." So that's that's the one hope I'm looking. That's also
1: my worry is that was with Josh Dobbs last week, his 14 targets. We don't know yeah. does Clayton Tune target him like that. I think it's left to see. I don't want to play Trey McBride this week. I would rather go with Logan Thomas just for some safety PPR points. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty for either guy. One, I actually will say this is a player I'd rather play than both Logan Thomas and Trey McBride if Gerald Everett is out again with his hip injury. If Gerald Everett misses again this week, I think Donald Parm Jr. for the Chargers is a very good option. To throw in, if you're struggling there at tight end, he gets the jets who have been very suspect to tight ends this year. He got five targets, four receptions, 43 yards and a touchdown. Like we know that even when Everett was out there that Herbert's been looking Parham's way around the end zone, like they've been using him there. And then also you have an injury to Josh Palmer. He's banged up. Quinton Johnson's kind of trying to do his thing. but And then teams are just bracketing Keenan Allen, making it really hard to get him target. So I really like Parham this week, if ever it's out.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's also a primetime game. The Chargers tend to have random tight end touchdowns. And Parham has been one of those guys. I can't explain it, why it happens, but it always seems to happen when they're in prime time that a tight end scores for the chargers like it's just a weird thing i I do get what you're going with here because i do like gerald everett it's a great matchup for the tight end against the jets that's what they basically allow right they're very good against slot receivers so Keenan Allen can be in check they're very good on the outside but again this is some you have to give up something right if someone's going to be on the field and yeah, Parham, there's definitely some upside there. I do like Gerald Everett. I have him a little bit uh, pretty high here 13. So like if uh Everett sits and you have an interesting parham at fifteen, so that yeah, kind of checks out where and I'll move
1: parham to... up if Everett's out.
0: Yeah, I think that's what you'll say is like you want to target whoever's starting a tight end for the Chargers this week. The matchup just lines perfectly if you're desperate and you just look, if you don't want to go sloshing through the waiver wire trying to get more help for one-week play, right, for George Kill, Evan Ingram, or Sam Laporta. That's where you go this week with Donald Parham. But we'll watch that. And Gerald Everett is also available in the league. So just, again, Charger starting tight end insert here for some uh, bye-week help, and I think you'll be good to go.
1: Yeah, love that.
0: All right, so there's our look at our wide receiver and tight ends. Uh, we'll close the week looking at some sleepers, flex plays, dark throws, all that good stuff here. So maybe some crossover into DFS that you can uh, target there for some players that we haven't talked about. We'll do that on our final show of the week. Make sure that you're checking out all the great shows here in the network. One of them is our Locked On NFL kickoff live show. It's uh, football season in the middle here, and uh, it's live every 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. That includes this one here with our hosts, Nutra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs. I'll take you through every game in the NFL, look at it through betting, fantasy, all the angles there. Check it out. Get in-depth local analysis as well on the show. Check it out. It is on Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, it goes on the site here at 2 p.m. Eastern time. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. look at our wide receiver and tight end rankings.
1: (laughs) And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.